and welcome to The Big Schmear, the podcast about Jewish food, its history, and culture. I'm Beth Schenker, the host. I'm very fortunate to have two special people with me for this episode. First is Jamie Geller, the only best-selling cookbook author who wants to get you out of the kitchen, not because she doesn't love food, but because she has tons to do. As the bride who knew nothing, Jamie found her niche specializing in fast, fresh family recipes. Jamie has acquired two nicknames, the Queen of Kosher via CBS and the Jewish Rachel Ray from the New York Times. She's the creative force behind joyofkosher.com and Joy of Kosher with Jamie Geller, the magazine. And in addition to Jamie, we're also joined by Chef Laura Frankel, who was my very first guest on The Big Schmear. Laura is a noted kosher chef and is the culinary director for Jamie Geller's Test Kitchens and Kosher Network International. She's the author of Jewish Cooking for All Seasons and Jewish Slow Cooker Recipes. Her third book, Clean Slate Jewish Cooking, is to be published very soon. She's the founder of Shallot's Restaurant in Chicago, Skokie, and New York, and she worked for Wolfgang Puck for 10 years. Chef Laura claims that she was born knowing how to cook and understand ingredients. Whether or not that's true, she's made many people across the country and around the world happy with her food, including her three sons who love to eat great food. Chef Laura spends her days in pursuit of the perfect bite and works with Joy of Kosher to create innovative recipes and tips for busy home cooks everywhere. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Chef Laura. Welcome to the Big Schmear. Hi. <laughs> um, this is so fun and exciting for me because I get to be with two of my favorite food people all in the same room. We're very cozy here in, um, in Chef Laura's office, as a matter of fact. This um, is kind of where the magic happens. It, <laughs> it's where it starts and then it finishes in the kitchen. Which is the best place for it to finish. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been following you on Facebook Live for a while, both of you, and see all kinds of amazing stuff. And I have to say that your energy level is a little frightening for me. Because I don't, I just don't, I don't know how you do it. I, I, um, you're always enthusiastic about food prep. Not my, I, it's not my forte. And, and then you have all these fresh, healthy food, simple meal preparations. You mix these great flavors in unexpected ways and, and then make this amazing recipe so simple that even I could do this. I even felt that way after I saw you cooking in Chef Laura's kitchen last night, making eggplant parmesan. It was quick and crispy eggplant parmesan. And, and, and I turned it off and I went in and talked to my husband and I said, I could do this. But that's really, the goal. That's yeah. what we're trying to do, right? Yeah, exactly. So so it works then, right? Good. So anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind making it. I just know I could make that's, it. That's all we care about. And I always tell people it's not confession. I don't know how many people woke up to you, Chef Laura, but they're always like, I love that. I saw it. I haven't had a chance to try it yet. I'm like, as long as you loved it, it's good. You know, like, don't complain. Don't, don't apologize for not yet getting into the kitchen and right. trying it. There you go. So tell me, how do you do it, though? Come up with those recipes and make it be fun and um and and have it work i just i mean it's it's a lot of something it's magic 
It feels like magic from my perspective, for, watching it. For me, it's, it, and I know a lot of this is for Jamie too, I, I kind of go with what's going on outside with the calendar and with the seasons, and that's how I look for food. So I look for whatever vegetables are growing, and I kind of start there. And I know a lot of people start with, well, what protein am I going to eat? But I'd rather start with the vegetables and then find the protein to go with it. And I think that's really what keeps food fresh and clean and brightly flavored. And, you know, the fish, the chicken, the beef will always be there, but it's the other stuff that changes so, so much in our world. And I feel very privileged when I get, like, a beautiful bunch of tomatoes to cook or peppers <sighs> or, pe or, you know, squashes are coming into season now. And it's a privilege to to be able to have this beautiful fresh produce that you know not everyone has has that, and um, and so I'm I'm happy when I get to do that. And then and then I think everything else kind of falls into place. It really does. One of my favorite books is Chef Laura's Cooking oh, for the Seasons. So you know, you know, I'm a major fan. <laughs> and um, and I think what's so great, I got off the plane yesterday and I come in. The smell's intoxicating, and she's got this three-ingredient tomato and pepper jam going on the stove. And I kept saying to her, so amazing, it's so amazing, it's so amazing. What was it? The tomatoes are in season, right. and they're so beautiful. And really, tomatoes, peppers, and what else was in there? Olive oil and garlic. That's it. Period. And it is perfection. I just keep spooning it cold, hot, out of the <laughs> And I really learned that a lot from Laura about cooking in season. And when you have a few quality ingredients, you don't need much else. It's... The magic happens in the quality of the ingredients. Right. And I think uh, what Jamie's forte is, she brings it and makes it accessible to people at home who want to make something, who have a lot going on in their lives. Um, families are busy these days. You know, frequently both people are working in the household. There's lots of kids. Or you're just, you know, got a lot going on. And to make it accessible to people to, to cook at home and to make something healthy and to make it fresh and clean is, is also a, an amazing thing. So... We're a good match. It's a perfect marriage. Yeah, yeah. Yes. such a great team. Um, so here's the question I forgot to ask you, Jamie, and I know that Laura could add some stuff to this too, is that, so you were already thinking about food and cooking for family um, before you made Aliyah. Is that right? Of course, sure, yeah. Yeah, and so how did moving to Israel change how you thought about food whether and how you, how you cooked? I'm sure there was different stuff about it. Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, I became much more enamored with the Israeli food scene. And it was just by coincidence that it began trending worldwide within a year or two after I moved to Israel. So I had this incredible immerse, immersive experience. And then to see it really taking off worldwide, all of our Israeli recipes are top trending recipes. You see Israeli restaurants opening everywhere and Israeli food popping up everywhere. So that was really, really exciting to be able to kind of learn that there, you know, in, in Israel. And so that was wonderful. And cooking in season also took on a whole new meaning in Israel because there's not a lot of any import so you know it's like whatever is in, in season farm to table that's it's right there you have to cook with whatever you find on the shelf and so that was very exciting as well and just many more fresh ingredients and that, that's some of the inspiration that i have from being in israel yeah that makes total sense yeah you can't really even go to a restaurant uh, of quality anymore in this country without seeing harissa on the menu of sure. or dates, you know, you know, peppering into a dish and stuff. Mm -hmm. And those things are just, you know, common everyday products there. It's such a healthy way of eating and, and really more, I think, in touch with nature in Israel yeah. than we are here in this country. And even a few years ago, Bon Appetit named Schoge the condiment of the year. 
Right. You know, and so huh. we're like we're on the trend before everyone yeah. else. See? <laughs> and, and, and tell tell people what that spice is. Tell tell people what that is. Well, there's red slug and green slug, right. and it's a very sort of spicy. Uh, the green is very herbaceous, as we said. A lot of parsley, cilantro, uh, jalapeno pepper, or green hot peppers, and uh, garlic in there. And then the red, there's a red version of that as well. And that's a super spicy, smearable, smearable. Oh, all right. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's condiment. We, corporate condiment. <laughs> put on everything, on anything, on your falafels, on your shawarmas, in lafa, in pita, on hummus, in sandwiches. And it's like a, just a... A pasty, spicy, smearable, hot condiment. Whoa. Is that a good description? Yeah. And, it, and, and I love the fact that there's two. So you get the green one, which is very kind of chlorophyll, wonderful. And then the red one, which is deeper and like earthier. Yeah. And it, it has cumin, coriander, and caraway in it. And I love mm. the, the toasted caraway thing. It's like my, I love that smell. Mm. Just that toasty, warm caraway thing. And we could buy that in the U.S.? Yeah. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Or you can make it. Ooh. I happen to know of a place where there might be a couple of recipes. <laughs> yes, on joyofkosher.com. <laughs> all right. Let's all just, yes, this is good. <laughs> this is good. So I'll address you both with this question, and that is, what are, what are some of your favorite holiday foods? And we're thinking about the whole Jewish holiday calendar. So do you have like a favorite or two from a particular holiday? Or I'm just kind of curious. Well, I mean, I feel like every holiday has its own favorites. So if we're looking at something like Hanukkah, then right away I love latkes and donuts. And it's just an excuse to go crazy on every front over there. And I think we have a lot, a lot of fun with our latkes. Of course, a classic potato latke, there's nothing like it. But we do everything from sweet potatoes to vegetables to southern-inspired latkes. Our whole issue of the magazine is a southern-inspired Hanukkah this year. So... You know, southern food is comforting, and it's uh, soul food, and they're like the kings of fried and fried chicken, and Hanukkah is the frying holiday, so we took a lot of inspiration for that. But, you know, I have to go through each holiday. I don't know, what do you like from Hanukkah? Same thing. I mean, and I like to actually travel the world. Sometimes I'll go, like, I'll do bumuelos, fried cheeses. Vignettes. We did fried halloumi. Yeah, halloumi. Oh, my God, fried halloumi. Yeah. The best. That's what Israeli is the cheese? cheese. Oh, oh. It's amazing. And to crisp it up in olive oil and to just sprinkle it on a salad. Mm-hmm. You're still doing salad, but you're still doing Hanukkah. <laughs> right, yeah. If it's fried, but it's on a salad, it's already better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm with yeah, you. There's like no guilt if, you, if it's on a salad. On a bed of lettuce, you can put anything. Jamie's right. And I think, you know, we're so food-centric people, thus we're here. Yeah. <laughs> that every holiday has something to look forward to and I think it just kind of like what's your appetite for the holiday and for the yeah. season and you get excited and, and it just it sparks up your excitement and passion in the kitchen mm-hmm. thus the energy level yeah, right? yeah they're okay <laughs> that explains it so if we're talking about Hanukkah tell me Jamie you tell me what what is your favorite latke what do you what's your favorite kind is it potato is it I'm just wondering well, I really have to have the classic potato latke first and foremost. It's not Hanukkah without it. And my grandfather made the most amazing potato latkes, and he taught me the trick of putting matzah meal in, um, excuse me, uh, cornmeal in the potato latke, which gives it a really, really nice crisp. If you don't have cornmeal, then you could do matzah meal, which is much more common. Uh-huh. But I love that little trick from him that Ooh. I've shared with everyone. 
Yes, you just shared it with everyone. Now. Yeah, well, I mean, it's on, it's on our website, and, and I credit him, and I remember just the smell of the latkes frying up at my grandparents' house. And I think that the holidays, each one has its particular smell and flavors and and just brings back memories. And so I just the classic potato latke, but with my grandfather's cornmeal, is my favorite. Ooh. And, and Laura, do you have a favorite? You know, I can get rhapsodic about food <laughs> on paper and in the kitchen. But so mine is, I say, similar with Jamie, I have never heard of the cornmeal trick until read the story of her grandfather and then actually made the latkes. I just like flour because I'm American. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I never knew you, you put flour in a latke. But I like that sizzling, crispy, oniony, right out of the pan, slightly mm-hmm. greasy, salty, meaty thing. And then I love the, the play of the tart applesauce on top of it. So when I make applesauce, I put a lot of care into it. And it's really not crazy. I do apples and I do this touch with cranberries and I love the color because I'm just like attracted yeah. to that color and then but I love that it's tart and it kind of cuts through some of the yummy greasiness of it and so and what it does is it clears your palate for another bite so you're getting more <laughs> so, you know, it's so interesting that you're an applesauce fan I am a sour cream on the latke fan if I don't have sour cream it wasn't like I didn't right. have luck I have to do the whole thing all over again <laughs> I think it would be reversed. It doesn't count. Yeah. yeah. And I'm and I'm up for that garnet colored applesauce with the cranberries and just the tartest apple I can find and it just gives way for that play of sour, salty, yummy, yes. greasy deliciousness. You know, it seems like there are two camps. There yeah. is the sour and my mm-hmm. husband will not eat potato latkes without sour cream. Right. He's on your camp. Good. And I could do without the sour cream, but I've got to have that applesauce. Right. I know. I, hear, I, I know hear. it's horrifying, isn't you it? You know what the funny thing is, though? It's really a fried potato, and it would never occur to any of us. Like, I shudder at the thought of eating it with ketchup. Oh, I read the part. We do home fries with ketchup. We do right. uh, French fries with ketchup. They're all fried potatoes. But I always just say it's like, yeah. you know, just those funny little sides. It is something yeah. nice. And in the, the smell that your house takes on, for like those eight days. <laughs> well, my husband always says that I smell like I just got off a shift at McDonald's. I just smell like a big fry ball for eight days everywhere I go. And your furniture and the everything. drapes, everything. Hands, yeah, everything. Doesn't, you wake yourself up with the smell from your hands. Yeah. yeah. When I when I was in my restaurants, it's something you like roll over. And you're it like it just gets into your skin. You can't get it out. But it's delicious, and we go back for more all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can't get enough. <laughs> and, and so uh, we're also talking about Israel, so now we have to talk about soup ganiot. So yeah. what can you tell us about that? Well, it's basically a blank canvas for anything and everything your little heart desires. And I think that you'll see that year after year in Israel, you go to any bakery or bake shop, and they'll have 10, 15, 20 different versions of sufganiyot on display. We had a lot of fun this past year. We did a lemon meringue sufganiyot. Right. We did a peanut butter and jelly sufganiyot. I mean, we just, the sky's the limit. Right. Carrot, I think we did a carrot cake we one. We did a carrot cake yeah, one. Oh. oh, my God. It was yeah. so much fun. And, and it's a blank canvas, canvas, and you're encouraged to have fun with it and just go crazy with mm-hmm. it. So douse it, ice it, smear it, stuff it, whatever. Yeah. Have fun with it. And, and there's nothing like having fresh, warm donuts. Oh, my God. Everything about the latkes and the sufganiyot, the donuts, right out of the pan or right out of the fryer, you know, it's mm-hmm. everything about that is just so right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. Right. So right. And I like to do, you know, to to take it from the appetizer, or I guess you could do latkes for an entree. I always think it's like appetizer material, but I like to sometimes 
put Hanukkah on my dinner plate as well, and mm-hmm. I'll do like um, tempura, or I'll do like fish and chips. I'm a I love fish, fish and chips. Fan. We also did something um, this past year. I'm blanking now. We fried uh, Italian uh, frito misto. Oh, a frito misto. Yes, that was what fantastic. is that? So it's, the, it's like Italian tempura. It's it's fresh fried or fr- fried mix is what it means. Fried mix, frito misto. And so we did everything from artichoke hearts to zucchini, green beans, green beans yeah. To if you could fry it, we did it. And then I think I did a kalamata olive dipping sauce. So you oh, that was fantastic! Yes, with garlic in it and stuff, and you just dip right in there. It's crazy. So, but you think about—I mean, everyone's frying something around the world, and it's like in solidarity, you're celebrating every holiday. And so it's kind of fun if you're sitting there when you're doing a seder. It's like everyone around the world at this moment or similar moments yeah. is doing this thing. And when you're enjoying food, everyone around the world is enjoying what's classic for them, which may or may not be the latkes or the soup or right. whatever. So it's just this cool like thing that we're all doing together and enjoying this. And food is like, you know, Jamie's message and and my way of just kind of bringing it all together and making it like one big happy. It's the ultimate unifier. Yeah. We yeah. are one exactly. big happy family. You know, right. food brings you around the table and... It's just this commonality that allows for conversation and bonding and great memories, great food. Yeah, I wow, I couldn't have said that better myself. <laughs> um, so I'm envious, but uh, yeah, that it's it is true. I mean, I love, I do think about that at mm-hmm. at any of the holidays. I think about what other people are eating and that we're all eating in celebration of the same thing. Yes. It's, it's really a way to connect the whole Jewish yeah. diaspora. It's pretty cool, actually. It is cool. And you think about you know people you, you see who are famous Jews or not famous, anybody who's Jewish, and you're like, yeah, we're all doing this at the same exactly. time, eating and enjoying it together. It's lovely. And stuff. It is. It really is. And, yeah. and it's, you know, people do have to eat three times a day. And, you know, or more. Yeah, <laughs> she is a good eater. You know? yeah. She doesn't necessarily look like it. Yeah. Like no, she does not look like it. You guys are awesome. Um, <laughs> but so um, it, it's you know it's something that you I, you know you know me I don't trust anyone who doesn't love to eat so. Right. <laughs> but but most people really do and and it's and this is a way of just bringing it and for us kosher food is bringing it you know within a parameters and letting us go crazy within those parameters. And it's also like being keepers of this ancient, you know, ritual and faith and whatever. And so I love that part of it. But then to bring it front and center with Frito Misto, I mean, that's kind of fun. I'm going to jump, kind of jump back to a little thing that we talked about a little while ago, but being, I'm going to try to be a little more specific. So if I'm living in Chicago, which I am, and I want to bring Israel more into my life in terms of food, what are some ways that I can do that? I mean, I learned that I can buy this new um, spice that I didn't know about. And so what are some other things that I can do to make make that feel more in my home? Do you know what I mean? Well, we just put out an article called The Israeli Pantry. And these are the top 10 ingredients that you want to put in your pantry to make you feel, taste, live a bit of Israel, whether you're in Chicago or Zimbabwe. So Ceylon is one of our favorite ingredients. That's date honey. Oh. And, you know, Israel is described in the Bible, in the Torah, as the land of milk and honey. The milk refers actually to goat's milk, and the honey actually refers to date honey, not bees honey. So dates are, date honey is, can be used like honey, bees honey, molasses, maple syrup, and it's this really rich, caramelly, deep concentrated flavor, and that's one of our favorite ingredients that we use a lot to get a little bit of that Israeli flavor. Tahini, 
love Trina. tahini. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been putting it in everything. Everything. Yeah, I made a, a chicken stew dish where I thickened it with tahini. We did a chicken Ooh. frick, an Israeli yeah, chicken fricassee with tahini. Right, yeah. it was amazing. And then mm. I drizzled it on gazpacho for a mm. recipe and stuff. And you could just use it for everything, and it just brings this, like, I don't know, this like rich, nutty, slightly bitter, yummy mm-hmm. flavor to it, to every yes. dish. Um, and then za'atar. Za'atar, um, right? That is our go-to spice. It's our passion. We live for it. We put it on everything from pita crisps to challah to on vegetables and just roast them. Potato, yeah, Ooh, it's yeah. it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And so those are just three. And if you want to see the whole lot, then go to joyofkosher.com and you can see the Israeli pantry, the wow. top 10 ingredients. So um, speaking of websites, I've asked folks to, a couple of things. I've asked my guests to um, give us a recipe that we can put online. So I'm sure. thinking if there's a latke recipe, maybe with applesauce, maybe we could <gasps> share Sour that. cream. Uh, we'll, <laughs> something. So we'll, yes. we'll have something on our website yes, sure. that's Hanukkah-esque. And then do you have a, a couple of restaurants anywhere in the world, because Jews live everywhere in the world, that you might recommend, and I'll add those to my website too. Like, I don't know. Well, I would recommend shallots. <laughs> so yeah, I, mean, I really miss Laura's restaurant. Yeah. I miss it very, very much. Um, I'm lucky to work with her, so I get to taste her food all the time. But that was a great restaurant that I spent many happy occasions there. Uh, in terms of restaurants that are out there now, I mean, I think it really depends where you live. I mean, we love restaurants in New York. We love restaurants in Israel. Yeah. Tell, tell me a, t- a restaurant or two that are your favorite in Israel. I don't think I have any is- Israeli restaurants on my list yet. Um, no. I like Gabriel very much. It's right off of Ben Yehuda. It's a great chef's restaurant um, in Israel. Mm-hmm. So that is wonderful. Tel Aviv? No, Ben Yehuda in oh, I mean uh, Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Yeah. That would be one that I would highly recommend. Okay. Do you have one? No? No, you know, I I haven't been... You cook? You don't go to restaurants yeah, while you're no, there. Yeah, I really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm out. <laughs> but I love the coffee. We were talking about the coffee yes. in Israel. The coffee is so much better. It's like a slushy, icy, sweet. It tastes like coffee candy. Yeah, it's Israel. fantastic. And there's no Starbucks in Israel. No. That, which is, I thought that was true. Yeah. yeah. There's no Starbucks. Yeah, smart move on... On Israel's part on that, yeah. so they can just expand their whole coffee thing. Right. Well, I think I'm out of time. I think I went beyond my time, but <laughs> but I just had That's a lot easy of fun. With us. It was <laughs> right. it was so easy. So, thank you so much, both of you, for being my guests, and um, so great to meet you in person, Jamie. This was really a thrill. Laura, always great to see you and have you back, and. Um, Happy eating, everyone, because now you're starved after you heard all this food. We so, hope we whet your appetite. Go to joyofkosher.com for a lot of amazing recipes. And to the Big Schmear, because you'll see all of this stuff linked to um, all of these great ladies and what they do. So thanks. Thank you so Thank you. much. Our recording engineer is Mary Mazurik. Our editor and mix engineer is Steve Robinson, and our theme music is performed by Cavatina Duo from their CD entitled Sephardic Journey on the CD record label. Check out thebigschmear.com to download episodes of the podcast, get a recipe shared by one of my guests, and check out the list of recommended Jewish food restaurants. That's thebigschmear.com. Schmear is spelled S-C-H-M-E-A-R. I'm Beth Schenker, the host of The Big Schmear. Thank you for listening and happy eating. Mm-hmm.